It is a football Friday, week 15 edition, game one, post by game one of the four remaining on the schedule. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Zach Gershman joins me. We talk Cardinals 49ers. They met 11 weeks ago, and much has changed since. For starters, Kyler Murray is the quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks, there may be no better quarterback right now than Brock Purdy, Valley native who makes his first start in his home state. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 710, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. To quote the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, as he addressed the media on Friday, well ahead of his normal media availability, Fridays we start early. So we start here on a football Friday. Cardinals and 49ers coming up on Sunday, but... Let's take you behind the scenes. Pull the curtain back a little bit. We're going to give them that opportunity? Sure. Why not? Damn, we love our fans. <laughs> the weekly media schedule, the head coach addresses reporters before practice, 9.30 Arizona time. All right, so, you know, you come down early, and Darren and I, we're all talking. You're down there, and all of a sudden, I hear Gannon's voice as he walks in on Fridays. Typically, every time he walks in, hey, hey, you know, just a bunch of energy. Look at the clock. 924. Well, we are real early on this Friday. All right. Some questions were asked. He's done. Look at the clock again. 928. Two minutes before his scheduled availability. That's how the Cardinals head coach rolls. If you're on time, you're late. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. If you're on time, you're late. I did a story uh, a few weeks back about the importance of time. And John Gannon wears a watch. And we talked about it a little bit here on Cardinals Cover 2 a few, a few Fridays ago. And to, to CJG, he's always been like a guy that you have to be 15 minutes early to be on time. And that's why we walk down to the media room about 15 minutes early because at any given time, JG could walk in and that voice booms and radiates throughout the entire facility. We hear from our third floor desk whenever something big happens, uh, we could hear the excitement surrounding it. So the fact that he came in and, man, the I think we all kind of gave each other a look like, all right, it's Friday. Let's get this going. Ten questions asked in those four minutes, and we did get some news ahead of Sunday's matchup. Cardinals and 49ers, 205 is the kickoff. 9.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We will, a little bit later on, be joined by Lindsay Polaris, 49ers reporter, 49ers.com, to get her thoughts on this matchup. But first things first, as far as who may or may not be available this Sunday. Still don't know quite know about tight end Jeff Swain dealing with a back injury. Has not been on the practice field at least Wednesday or Thursday. But I do think some good news, at least trending in the good news direction. That's the kind of the word that Gannon likes mm-hmm. to use, trending in that direction. I do expect Hollywood Brown to play, even though he hasn't practiced a lot over the last couple of weeks. He did practice on a limited basis on Thursday. And then Michael Wilson. He's missed three straight games for the last five with a shoulder injury. Though this week, the injury report says a neck injury. But the good news, Wilson has been on the practice field all this week. Yes, he has. Uh, to go back a little bit, I, I was very curious. Jonathan Gannon shared that in eighth grade. He also had a bruised <laughs> heel true. like Hollywood Brown. 
And I was very curious to to know if the pain still like, sticks with JG because he clearly remembered that a bruised heel from an eighth grade injury. Um, but no. How- by the way, it is amazing what JG will and will not share. Oh yeah, he's a very open guy. <laughs> Except for when you got to get into the into yeah. the thick of it, which how could you blame him? He's an NFL head coach, and you don't want to give any sort of competitive advantage over there. But Hollywood Brown has been somebody that has pushed through this injury. Uh, he said to the media on Thursday he wants to be able to say that he's been pushing through an injury and show that toughness. He called it a day-to-day process. So whether he is out there, I anticipate for him to be out there because the week after he bruised his, after he bruised his heel, he was still out there for the game against the Rams. And then he was out there for the game against the Steelers despite not practicing all throughout the week. So the fact that we've been able to, to see him do that, I think kind of shows that you're expecting to see number two out there and with number 14 and Michael Wilson. Uh, it's a big body that Kyler Murray's been missing over these past couple weeks. And Jeff Swaim, although he is not targeted nearly as much as any of the other receivers out there because he's being in that tight end slot, to know that you have a big body outside of a Trey McBride definitely could give your quarterback some comfortability. And especially against this 49ers front four, front seven. It's a very good front. They don't blitz a lot, but they bring a lot of pressure. Fourth best pressure rate in the entire NFL. More on that in a moment. Speaking of Kyler Murray, yes, he did appear on the injury report this week with a right thumb issue. He is, in the words of the head coach, good to go. He's been a full participant, not an issue at all. Moving to the defense. Antonio Hamilton has been on the practice field this week. He's missed the past two games with a groin injury. He's trending in the direction of playing available. Starling Thomas, who got hurt a couple of weeks ago against the Steelers, has been on the practice field this week. So you're getting guys back in the secondary, and as we discussed on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals on Wednesday with Danny. If you do have a healthy Antonio Hamilton and a healthy Starling Thomas, you know Keetrell Clark is going to play. You know Garrett Williams is going to play. Does Devon Wilson get elevated from the practice squad? Well, there's five, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Bobby Price, who had his practice window opened this week, does he get activated to the active roster? Well, there's six, and all of a sudden, Marco Wilson is odd man out. He hasn't played any defensive snaps the past two weeks. Does he even get a uniform this week? Could be a healthy scratch. We saw that with Keontae Ingram when, when he was still with the Cardinals once you start to bring in you know, Amari DiMercato and have him start playing increased snaps and, and Damian Williams when Damian Williams was was healthy before he was put on IR as well. And Michael Carter, you know, it's the same exact thing that you that we've been able to see. So if Marco does not get a Marco does not get a jersey, then he's gonna probably be one of those healthy scratches. And you could see that he's trending kind of in the opposite direction as some of those other players out there. But uh, it will be a big boost. And looking at the injury report, the fact that there was, you know, over a dozen players on it, most of them being limited participants. It was 11 of them total with Hollywood Brown being elevated from a did not participate on Wednesday to limited on Thursday. I anticipate probably all, maybe not Elijah Wilkinson to get activated to the to the active roster, at least not this week, potentially next week, once his practice window is closed and they have to bring him onto the roster. But I anticipate a lot of those guys to be good to go on, uh, on Sunday. It's a good point because Wilkinson is in the second week of his three-week practice window. This is the first week for Bobby Price. The Cardinals do have two open roster spots, so you certainly have room to make a move, whether that's to activate either Wilkinson or Price or to sign Devad Wilson to the active roster. And then you always pay attention to what moves get made, if any, on Saturday. Who gets elevated from that practice squad? And then that will kind of give you an idea of where some of those, 
what was it, up to a dozen players mm-hmm. that are limited, 10 players that are limited, okay, just how limited have they been if all of a sudden a linebacker gets elevated on Saturday or an offensive lineman gets elevated or run whatever position group that is kind of hit the hardest, okay, well then maybe that player who's been limited, listed as questionable, maybe not trending in the direction of being available on Sunday. And there's a chance that they bring up a guy like Phil Hoskins with, with Kevin Strong being on the injury report this week, and even though he's a limited participant, um, they could still bring up because we know how that defensive line has taken such hits over the season, especially that position. They've kind of gotten the worst of it compared to any other position that the Cardinals have out there. So they could bring somebody like that up. Or you do go along the route that we spoke about before with Devon Wilson and you bring him up or whatever it is. And if you don't have Jeff Swaim out there, you might be looking at a Dan Chisina bringing him back up because he's a little bit bit of a bigger body wide receiver. Whatever it might be, they have options out there. It just might not be the the players that you might expect, or if they do bring them up, they might not even see the field. You just want to have those extra bodies out there. Cardinals host the 49ers. It is week 15, the first game post the bye week, and the first of four games remaining here in the regular season. We'll give our thoughts on this matchup coming up on Sunday, but right now, our conversation, my conversation earlier this week with Lindsey Polaris, 49ers reporter, 49ers.com. Talk about this matchup. The 49ers are 10-3, and first place in the division, the number one seed in all of the NFC. But remember, wasn't that long ago that this team had lost three games in a row. So we began the conversation with Lindsey about that three-game stretch and now the five-game winning streak since then. What has clicked with the 49ers? You know, I think it was the perfect combination, as cliche as it may sound, the bye week, the rest uh, coming at the right time. It allowed left tackle Trent Williams and Debo Samuel to recover from the injuries they sustained in week six. Then you have the trade deadline move to acquire Chase Young that has really just given the 49ers defensive line a nice boost in the second half of the season. And Really, the offense just continued to do what they started in that first half of the season. Um, you know, the 49ers have two people that are in the MVP conversation. And of course, that is quarterback Brock Purdy and running back Christian McCaffrey, who are leaders in several statistical categories uh, to their respective positions. So uh, the 49ers have just absolutely been rolling uh, since coming out of the bye. Uh, right now, they are dealing with a number of injuries, uh, but looking to work through that as they head into Week 15. I know head coach Kyle Shanahan was asked and did not answer the question as far as who he would vote for, whether it would be Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey. So I'll ask you, who is the MVP (laughs) of the National Football League if you had to choose between those two players? I I can't pick. (laughs) I'm going to have to take the Kyle Shanahan approach uh, because really – Both Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey have been tremendous in their own right. Brock Purdy is number one in passer rating in the league, yards per attempt, completion percentage, second in passing yards, tied for second in touchdown passes. And then you have McCaffrey, who is the NFL rushing yards leader um, and just has been tremendous. I mean, you see just how he can impact the game right from the get-go. Um, in this Week 14 matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. You see him rip a 72-yard run. Um, He has been a game-changer for the 49ers. So I can't pick. They are both tremendous players, and 
Also just great locker room guys. Um, so both very worthy of being in that MVP conversation. So I'm going to let the people in charge of voting make that decision. Fair enough. You talked earlier about this five-game winning streak since the bye week. What has been more impressive, the offense or the defense? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know. That's also that's basically asking me the MVP question. Um, you know, I think the offense really has – I mean, both sides of all have been tremendous. I think I look at the Philadelphia Eagles Week 13 matchup and – I really think that that was a just another really memorable and poignant win for the 49ers. Um, I think against the Philadelphia Eagles team that at the time was leading the NFC to have two straight three and outs and then answer back with six straight touchdown scoring drives um, against one of the top teams in the league um, just shows the grit and just the uh, man, the will of this offense to put points up on the board. But, of course, the 49ers' recipe for success really has been that complementary football. You know, the offense can't do what they need to do if the defense isn't taking care of business. And you've seen that week in and week out. The 49ers' most complete wins are when both sides of the ball are working in tandem. And, again, you look back at that Philadelphia Eagles game that I just spoke about it. At the time, um, you know, the Eagles were top three in scoring offense, and they were able to hold that Jalen Hurts-led unit to 19 points. I mean, that is no small feat. Um, so, you know, just hacked off to both sides of the ball. I really I can't pick. It's, it's a tough question. It's a question that I'm sure a lot of teams would love to have answered or at least be asked about as we talk here with Lindsay Polaris, 49ers team reporter, 49ers.com Cardinals and 49ers coming up on Sunday at State Farm Stadium. One more question about the offense and 49ers have not turned the ball over a lot this season. In fact, during that three-game losing streak, they had seven of their 12 giveaways. Is that the key each and every week for this 49ers team? You know, we've heard head coach Kyle Shanahan talk about it a lot that, you know, when you're giving the ball away, it is really hard to win a football game. Um, so I think that's just something that's built into the game plan, right? Like you have to limit the giveaways each week. And that is a big point of emphasis for the 49ers. And you've seen uh, that they've had the most success when they are taking care of the football. And like you mentioned, in those three losses are when the 49ers had most of their giveaways this season but yeah it's a huge point of emphasis for this offensive unit and they've done a really really good job um, to minimize those mistakes over the course of the year all right let's turn it over and talk about the defense the one big difference on Sunday versus all the way back in week four is at the 49ers we'll see Kyler Murray how much do you think his presence changes things for the 49ers defensively this week you know, I think the 49ers have a ton of respect uh, for Kyler Murray and just his high level of quarterback play. Uh, we were in the locker room yesterday, and I heard both uh, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner talk at length about what a talented quarterback Kyler Murray is. Uh, incredibly mobile, but also can make those very dangerous passes down the field. Um, so no one is uh, taking this game lightly, and especially not Kyler Murray and his return. Uh, I do think that the 49ers are going to be doing a little bit of shuffling and having to really look at their secondary depth pieces because they are dealing with 
some injuries on that side of the ball, um, most notably to CB1, Charvarius Ward, who suffered a groin injury against the Seattle Seahawks. He did not practice yesterday, but head coach Kyle Shanahan said he will likely have a chance to play Sunday. I'm sure that we'll get updates on that as the week progresses. Right now, it's going to be Ambry Thomas and Yamador Lenore on the outside, I would imagine, similar to what we saw against the Seattle Seahawks with Isaiah Oliver coming in at corner. But the 49ers have also recently added um, some depth pieces on the practice squad that we may get some shuffling in. Um, They've also added Logan Ryan, who is listed as a safety but has played virtually every position in the secondary. So may see some help from him as well, um, but definitely going to have to be a group effort as the 49ers are overcoming these injuries. Yeah, Ward not only leads the league, but having a career year as far as 20 passes defensed in that 49ers secondary. Of course, the maybe key matchup always centers around the line of scrimmage, but this on Sunday is good on good. 49ers number one against the run. The Cardinals run the ball very well. What has made that 49ers run defense so effective this season? You know, I think it's just the multitude of playmakers, right? Everything on the 49ers defensive side of the ball starts up front, and they've certainly invested in the talent for that. Again, in the same way that the secondary is dealing with some injuries, uh, the interior of the 49ers defensive line is also dealing with a little bit, just being a little bit banged up. It's week 15. Um, Javon Hargrave, uh, who has played alongside Eric Armstead for most of the season in that center part of the defensive line. Both of those guys are dealing with injuries, and neither of them practiced yesterday. We'll continue to get updates on them. It's possible uh, from the head coach, uh, Kyle Chanahan, that Javon Hargrave does play, but his availability is up for question, as is Eric Armstead. But uh, Dre Greenlaw, also just a really big part of helping stop Opposing offenses run game dealing with a hip and ankle injury as well. Um, again, three big playmakers that are going to be needed, um, but just unclear about what their availability is going to be. Last question for you, Lindsay. The 49ers have already clinched a playoff spot, a win Sunday, and they clinched the division. How big of a deal is that a talking point this week? Yeah, I think it's a huge shocking point. Um, You know, the 49ers are certainly happy to have clinched that playoff berth, but from what we've heard from the entire team, the work is very much far from over. These final four games of the season are of the utmost importance, not only to hopefully, if everything shakes out the way, you know, this, uh, this team would like to lock up the division, but also to maintain that postseason positioning. 49ers are number one in the NFC Uh, following that Dallas Cowboys win over the Philadelphia Eagles, but certainly not going to be easy to stay there. 49ers have four tough matchups, and they're going to, you know, every win counts from this point forward in order to continue being in that very favorable playoff position. So this is a big one for the 49ers, and one thing that, you know, you hear every time leading up to a divisional matchup is that, Anything can happen in these NFC West games, and I think the 49ers are preparing for that. 49ers, though, have won 11 straight within the NFC West. The Cardinals, though, won the most recent meeting between these two teams at State Farm Stadium. That was all the way back in 2021, the last time Kyler Murray played against the 49ers, and then quarterback Trey Lance. Cardinals won that game 17-10. to Lindsay, always appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. Thank you so much. Yeah, see you Sunday.
Appreciate Lindsay joining us here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Gersman rejoins me here to continue our discussion on this matchup. Again, Cardinals and 49ers coming up on Sunday. And let me pose the question that I posed to Lindsay. She did not answer, rightfully so, and it's a difficult question to answer. But more impressed by the 49ers offense or 49ers defense? It's kind of one of those things where it's like both are yes, just exactly. yes. yes. I mean, I think I think on both sides of the ball, the the defense that they have is one of the best. Whether it's their plus eleven turnover margin or whatever it is, uh, the the weapons that they have out there with the Nick Bosa and a Fred Warner and Traverius Ward and Javon Hargrave and and all so many different guys, Dre Greenlaw, Eric Armstead, like the list really does go on and on and on. But so does the offense, and whether that's on the offensive line with the Trent Williams or all the different type of weapons you have in a George Kittle, a Christian McCaffrey, a Debo Samuel, a Brandon Ayuk, and then obviously their Arizona native quarterback in Brock Purdy, the, the weapons are, are all around. But to answer the question, because I will give an answer oh, to okay. it, Good. even though the answer is yes, <laughs> um, I, I probably would say the offense, because I think the offense, when you have a quarterback that comes into last season okay was it just a few games that he really went off it was is he a legit quarterback what is Brock Purdy going to bring to the table in his second year the fact that he went from that Mr. Irrelevant pick to being one of the most relevant and most dominant quarterbacks in the league to have this sort of season and we saw it in week four when he only had one incompletion against the Arizona Cardinals he has been unstoppable and, and I asked Buda Baker how do you slow down a guy like Brock Purdy and he just said you just you just kind of just got to try to cause distractions, do something that could impact his throwing motion or whatever it is. And then the number one thing is to stop the run. So when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey that could run all over, could play the X, the Z, whatever it might be, that all rhymes. I like that one. Um, but with, <laughs> You're with, very proud of yeah, yourself. I'm very proud of that. I said that. It just came so good off the tongue. Like, wow, that was great. But no, um, to, to, whether it's Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey or any of the other weapons, that offense is one of the best in the NFL. Can the Cardinals make things uncomfortable for Brock in that pocket? Can they get him scrambling, his feet not quite set to where he's not really throwing where when he wants to throw? And that's kind of been, I wouldn't say an issue, but an up-and-down situation for this Cardinals defense. No sacks each of the past two weeks. They are getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, but too many times we've seen that quarterback just stand in the pocket, dance mm -hmm. around, wait, and the longer you wait, it becomes more difficult for the back end to cover. And it doesn't matter if you've got all pro corners and safeties. If you allow that quarterback to sit in the pocket to dissect what you're doing defensively, anyone is going to be open. And there are just too many weapons in this 49ers offense to give Brock Purdy a lot of time. And I think when you talk about the 49ers offense, there's a number of stats. But a couple I want to throw out because... This offense, number three in points per game, number two in total yards. They have the third-best rushing attack, third-best passing attack, but they have the league's number one passing yards per attempt leader, number one in yards per carry leader, number one receiving yards <laughs> per reception leader, and number one tight end receiving yards per reception. So that would be Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, 
and George Kittle. So you're saying my answer was correct then? It does sound like I'm leaning in that direction, yes. Okay, good. I'll take it. I think I think what's fascinating, because you mentioned the not giving Brock Purdy a lot of time in the pocket. You give him more than three seconds in the pocket, that's going to be a lot of time for him to dissect the Cardinals' defense and try to figure out which way he wants to go. And we, we in the beginning of the season, before the season even began, one of the questions was about the pass rush. What's it going to be? And those first few weeks, those outside linebackers were getting to the quarterback. And the defensive line was getting through those offensive lines. And they were making noise back there. And I think that that was something we were all like, wow, we're pleasantly surprised by it. But then the blitz rate went down. And the Cardinals have not gone back to that for whatever reason it might be. could be because of the injuries, the rotations that you need to have out there. But it's to, to be able to get back there. You're not going to get by a guy like Trent Williams every single time. But if you could get by him once and you could try making a way to Brock Purdy to be aware of your presence on the field so he's not just looking downfield all the time, even though they play a very strong you know, dink and dump type offense where they just throw it to those wide receiver screens, that opens up the, the playbook for those long ball receptions. According to profootballreference.com, week four, the first time the Cardinals and 49ers met, the Cardinals defense only blitzed Brock Purdy three times. And that, let me look, that is a season low as far as the number of times the Cardinals have blitzed an opposing quarterback this season. And that, I think, says more to, okay, we don't want to add an extra defender heading to the backfield. We'd prefer that defender in the second level as far as a linebacker or in the secondary because you have a Debo Samuel, a Brandon Ayuk, a George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, who you have to account for not only as a running back but also catching the ball. And we've heard a number of different people this week, whether it was coaches or players, say that McCaffrey is just as dangerous as he is as a running back as he can be, and they view him as a wide receiver, not mm-hmm. a running back who can catch the ball, but he's a running back and a wide receiver. Yeah, he's definitely both. But I, I think com- comparing the two between Week 4 and Week 15 now – you have your secondary is strengthened a lot more because it's no longer just Jalen Thompson back there. Instead, now it's Buda Baker. You got Garrett Williams out there. The cornerbacks have that was Keytrail Clark's fourth game in the NFL, you know, and now he's got a handful under his belt. The the way that the entire defense has looked, you needed to have more players back in the secondary and back so that they didn't have those big time explosive plays and that you were covering, you know, beyond the first down sticks because you didn't want them to char- target that way. And that's why. I believe that they didn't blitz nearly as much. I expect to see more than three blitzes in in uh, Sunday's game because you know that you have a guy like Buda Baker in the secondary with the Jalen Thompson and Garrett Williams. That trio has been really solid so far this year, and their chemistry has continued to grow as well. Buda missed that first meeting, as did Jonathan Ledbetter. Buda was on IR at the time, and another player that had been missing that week four game was Kyler Murray. He did not play in that first meeting. So there's another big difference between week four and week 15. And it's been a little while since Kyler has actually faced the 49ers. Not since 2021. I don't even know what you were doing in 2021. It was pre-Arizona Cardinals. You were still at Penn State. You were in college. Okay, so not. it wasn't like you were in high school. That that, would be be awful right now. If I was in high school right now? No, in 2021. That just wouldn't. Oh no! It wouldn't I make me feel any better. No, I would not. I would. I would hope not. No, but I. I would have questioned why I'm here right now. If I, I'd be what a, a sophomore 
in college, I think, right okay. now. If I was, which I was a sophomore in college in 2021, I think. I don't know. See, I'm not old, but I'm like looking back as this as if I'm old, <laughs> as if this was not like six months ago. So yeah, mine mine's blurred right now, but it, it's it's fun. It's it's unique to see how far that they've come since 2021 in all the different ways that the organization has been shaped. And for K1 to make his return for the first time playing the Cardinals since then, I mean, playing the 49ers since then. And I asked him about it too. I said, it's been four times. And he dropped his head back and looked up in the ceiling, kind of recounting everything. And he was like, wow, this happened. You know, it's been four games. That's a lot of games. I will say, if I seem a little distracted, I'm going to drop some breaking news on you right now. Out of a team in Los Angeles, the Chargers have just announced that they're firing Brandon Staley, according to Adam Schefter. Also, according to Adam Schefter, GM Tom Telesco has been fired. Not a huge. See, you refreshed a page. All right, <laughs> you really had to one up me there. I thought I was about to drop some breaking news. Not a huge surprise. And hey, we welcome breaking news here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Not a huge surprise based off the Thursday night performance. Mm-hmm. It was forty-two nothing at halftime. It was forty-nine nothing before the Chargers actually got points on the scoreboard. And a real disappointing season for the Chargers, considering a young quarterback in Justin Herbert, much like the Cardinals with a young quarterback in Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury gets fired, and now with the Chargers, they're looking for not only a brand new head coach, but a general manager as well. Yeah, all around. And and to see the type of product that you had out of Justin Herbert, you begin to question if it's the players around him, if it's Justin Herbert, if it's the coaching, whatever it might be. So far, under the impression that we've gotten here with the Arizona Cardinals, it's about putting Kyler Murray in the situations that he's going to be able to succeed in. And the coaching staff has spoken very highly of him. K1 said, though, I have to prove it still. So whether it's in this game against the San Francisco 49ers when he's going to be going against the player that was selected, the pick behind him in Nick Bosa, who he's got friendly respect for as opposed to a rivalry, as he said. So all around, I mean, throughout the league, you're going to a lot of teams are in similar situations, different story, similar style of it. Um, and I think the Chargers are about to have a sort of a start of season, a sort of offseason similar to the Arizona Cardinals did. We mentioned Kyler has missed the past four meetings against the 49ers. It was week five in 2021. How long ago was that? Well, quarterbacking the 49ers that day, Trey Lance. Cardinals won 17-10 at State Farm Stadium. Murray missed the second meeting that season because of an ankle injury. He missed the first meeting in 2022 with a hamstring injury and the last two meetings because of the ACL injury so and that was something else you talk about boxes that Kyler Murray continues to check off at least in the eyes of the head coach and the next box to check off for Jonathan Gannon is how does Kyler Murray respond after the bye week because that's been an issue for this Cardinals team how do they look how do they perform regardless of quarterback but how does this team after a week off Maybe feeling good about themselves coming off a very impressive performance on the road in the rain against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but now going up against the best team on your home field, a team that has already clinched a playoff spot and can win, clinch the division with a win on Sunday. Don't want to you don't want your rivals celebrating on your on your own field and in your own locker room and everything, even though. They are likely to clinch the division. You don't want it to be this weekend. Eventually against. they will, but just hopefully not this yeah, weekend. Yeah, just hopefully not this weekend. And I believe if the Rams lose this weekend, regardless of the outcome in this one, the 49ers will clinch. Regardless of such, you don't want your, your rival celebrating in State Farm Stadium. So so that's that. But I, I, think, I think in general with the boxes that have been checked, K1 said that 
the the game against the Steelers was kind of like his last preseason game when you think about the the whole grand scope of it. And maybe this is back to when the preseason was four games as opposed to three. You have that week off in between, and then the regular season begins. So if K1 wants to go into this saying, all right, these last four games are my regular season, and we're going to be going against two divisional opponents, two teams that are in the playoff race, and a team like, and you're going to cold weather matches with the Bears and Philadelphia. This is going to be a true test for K1. And as JG said, it's a matter of checking off that last box to see how he comes off a bye. But if he is simulating this like a regular preseason turn to a regular season, this is the best way to do it. Four games left for Kyler Murray and the entire Cardinals. Now we talk about the 49ers now hoping that they do not make history on the Cardinals' home field. Some history that I anticipate that will be made on Sunday. With one more catch, Trey McBride will set the single-season franchise record for receptions by a tight end. He currently is tied for that record, but it's not just one more. He can obliterate that record as far as setting a high bar for himself because you're seeing it in year two. Now, all of a sudden, in year three, I think Trey McBride will be even more of a focal point the entire season without having to worry about or have Perhaps that shadow of a Zach Ertz lurking over him that first half as it was earlier this year. It definitely is because as we've spoken countless amounts of times on Covered 2, we went into it saying, okay, Zach Ertz is on the IR, but when he comes back, what does that mean for Trey McBride? So now we don't have to have that question anymore because Trey McBride is tight end one and the chemistry he has with K1 has developed a lot as the weeks have gone on. And we obviously saw it in that game against the Atlanta Falcons when Trey went over 131 yards for the first time in over three decades. So to for, for that to be the case and then for him to probably, likely, break this record and get that 57th catch and to separate himself from Zach Ertz and Jackie Smith, who he was tied with currently at 56, whatever it might be. Trey McBride has solidified himself in now the above average tight ends in the NFL, especially this season. And the conversation has changed to what role does Trey McBride play to can he be one of the elite tight ends in the entire NFL? And he's going to be going against one of them in George Kittle on the other side of the ball. And just to back up that point, it's what McBride has done since Ertz went on IR. Week 8, McBride ranks second among tight ends in catches and third in receiving yards. So he has become a focal point of this offense, regardless of which quarterback is under center for the Cardinals. So, yeah, you get Trey McBride, you get maybe a Hollywood Brown with two weeks off, a little bit healthier with that heel, and a healthy Michael Wilson on the field. That looks a lot better going up against this 49ers defense. It, it definitely, definitely, definitely does. And if you think about that, this is going to be the first time that K1's had, if, if Michael Wilson is out there and if Hollywood Brown is out there, this is going to be the first time where Kyler Murray is not the main story per sense because the entire offense is going to be healthy and ready to go. When Michael Wilson played against the Atlanta Falcons, he was also, he, he fought his way back from injury, played in that game, and then has sat out since. He has not been able to play since. But... For K1 to now have those four games under his belt, coming off the bye, rested up, ready to go, he's going to have everybody around there. And we, I remember when we were in the booth talking about pregame, talking about Kyler Murray, it wasn't as much about the weapons. It was about Hollywood Brown and if he's going to be rusty playing off, you know, not having played in over 11 months. Now we know that the rust is kind of gone and he's got all of his weapons around him. Before we exit here, give me a quick key. What, what... 
in order for the Cardinals to pull off the upset, because let's admit it, it is an upset. No mm-hmm. one's expecting the Cardinals to win the game. Now, I do expect it to be competitive, much like it was in Week 4. question is, can this Cardinals team finish? They were not able to finish it back in Week 4 at Levi's Stadium. What happens? What needs to happen Sunday for the Cardinals to get a win at State Farm Stadium. The running game needs to be effective and efficient, especially with all the different injuries that we spoke about earlier that the 49ers defense does have with Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave and Drake Greenlaw, a lot of those key players on the defensive side of the ball. Nick Bosa is going to get his, and we and we recognize that. But you, if you get the running game going, that's going to open up the pass game, as I say, week after week, as, the, as James Connors goes, the offense goes. So if you get that running game going and you play that, Hard nose, smash mouth, cram it vertical, offensive identity that this team prides itself on. You could do that. It'll open up the passing game. I'll give you one more key, and that is protect the football. The Cardinals, since Murray has returned, only three giveaways, two interceptions, and then that fumbled punt, which may or may not have been a fumbled (laughs) punt, but it was called that. And keep in mind, the 49ers, 23 takeaways, second most in the NFL. Going off of that, though, K1 has fumbled the ball. The offense just has recovered it. And although that, you know, that'll show up in the stat sheet as a forced fumble and a fumble recovery by a, a yell deferral hold or somebody along those lines, you you need that that chemistry between James and Kyler or Kyler and whoever's in the backfield has to continue to increase and develop because those late plays where James is not sure if he's handing the ball off or if he doesn't meet him right where he wants to be, right in the chest or wherever it might be, you got to be able to to develop that chemistry and you got to be careful with the rock because the 49ers, you talk about the turnover margin, their success at that, they're going to take advantage of it. Good stuff. Looking forward to this one. Again, Cardinals and 49ers coming up on Sunday. 2.05 is the kickoff. 9.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And then, of course, we'll talk about it on Monday here on Cardinals Cover 2. And with that, we will say so long on this Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to everyone behind the scenes, our executive producer, Jim Amahundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Zach Gershman, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.